people more interesting than me. I'm your host, Michael Stromsky, and this week I'm excited to have with us close friend and girl boss, Sarah Levitt. She has helped hundreds of clients achieve their desired body shape and the transformative impact it has had on their lives. Sarah will be sharing with us her knowledge and expertise on liposuction, including the latest advancements in technology, the most important procedures, and the common misconceptions surrounding it. And if there's a topic or person you'd like to hear on an episode, let me know through my website or message me on Instagram. Enjoy. So, yeah, what what I imagine it's like is... I haven't seen the movie, but Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie with Anne Hathaway, I don't know what it's called, but he's basically selling Viagra, just like any farm rep would go to different doctors and stuff like that and travel like, because I know you travel a crazy amount. Can I just pull up one of these? uh, Do I have it here? I pulled up your LinkedIn and your achievements and I saw one that was like, let's see if I can find it. Is it 2020? Yes, 2020. You got the Traveler of the Year Award. Ooh. Yeah, so I did used to travel. That was when I was in the sales role. So I was a consultant and I started in our DC Tyson's Corner location and ended up doing a week in Baltimore. And then I was needed in Dallas and they were short stints that turned out to be what would be the next four years of my life, which is a consultant on the road. So I went all over West Coast and no. So it's different than a farm rep in that I and my team does not go out. This is not outside sales. This is not field sales. We have an amazing marketing team that promotes nationwide commercials, radios, yada, yada. And my team has its own office in a surgical center with surgeons that we employ and prospective patients will make an appointment over the phone online and they will come in and meet with my consultants or what I was at the time, a traveling consultant, meet with me. I came into work. I had a full book of business ready to meet with. My job was to qualify them, listen to their story, make sure that they're a good candidate. And then if they were, my job would be to explain why I have the solution to fix their problem. So you're you're kind of the closer. Closer. I would set them up with the surgeons and the surgeries happened in that surgical center that we all work at. Is there any like go-to methods that you would use? Obviously you're not, I, I know you're, these people are coming to you, but is there anything like you would try to put in perspective for them? When I was in the seat, I did not like to consider myself a closer um, or a salesperson. I, I know that a lot of salespeople say that, but we're dealing with women's bodies, things, some men's bodies of which they have one of. If we sold everyone just to sell them, they still have to go to a pre-op with a nurse. They still have to meet the surgeon. So closing for the sake of closing did nobody any good except waste everybody's time. Once they met with the surgeon, the case would be bounced. So it really did come down to quote unquote, closing the right people medically, body-wise, in terms of a special technique. Yeah, I liked to be my patient's therapist. I wanted to be excited for them. I wanted to be their support system while also challenging their thinking. I am the expert in the seat, not them. And they can think that they know what they want. They don't know what they want. They haven't been through this. Uh, I live it. I breathe it every single day. So for me, my tactic, if you will, 
was, to be honest, the people that this wasn't going to benefit. I told them where they should go that will help them or what they needed to do to help them. And the ones that I really could help, and I knew that they were the right candidate, I explained why. I heard their concerns from a budget perspective, and then I brought it back to why they came in in the first place. So my style was asking a lot of questions and then showing them why their objections or objections would not override the positives that this would bring. And I guess, is there any procedures, like you mentioned, mentally, I I forget what instance I'm thinking of, but in facial and uh, reconstruction and stuff like that, it's kind of have to meet with a psychiatrist for a, a certain period of time because to see if you're actually like curious, like this is what you want. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything that you guys do to that extent? No. And the reason why, and was a reason why I love the company that I work for is this is as minimally invasive elective surgery as you can get. You are not being put under, there's no general anesthesia recovery is much shorter. I mean, you're awake for the procedure. So there's absolutely discomfort involved. There's a healing process. Absolutely. But this is as minimally invasive as it gets while still guaranteeing uh, results. So it's not as deep as those type of processes to make sure that someone is ready for this. Okay. Did uh, COVID affect you at all? It did. So I was furloughed for four months, which in hindsight, seems so little compared to everybody else. But I remember we were one of the last places to close. Everywhere else was closing around us. But because we were considered technically medical, we had that working for us. But yeah, so I was furloughed for four months. And coming back, business has thrived much more post-COVID than ever before. For various reasons, patients aren't having to work out of an office so they can be at home. They can deal with downtime while the healing process while working. It's also nice to be able to tell people, hey, I worked out all summer and then come back three months later, looking your best and people don't have to know your business. Is that a big seller? It was for me. Yeah, that that sounds like a good one. Yeah. And I mean, the reason a lot of people don't do a lot of the things that they want is they just don't have the time to do it. And now with being able to work from home so much, it it really does allow that opportunity. So I assume that your company doesn't do this and you could tell me what's totally wrong with it. I've seen, I don't know why the ads are suggesting this to me, but frozen, uh, freezing fat and then doing the crunching thing. Have you seen that before? The crunching thing. Uh, do you mean cool sculpting? <laughs> I I don't know. Is, crunching. Is it, I've never heard of crunching. Like supposedly they freeze the fat and then then they kind of I don't I, I don't do what with it. It's not it's not invasive. They kind of what do they do with the fat? Drums. I I don't know. They must like mu- <laughs> I don't know physically damage the fat and then they poop out all the the fat. So I think you're referring to cool sculpting, which is non-invasive. Okay. And it freezes your fat cells and Mm. you are supposed to lose those fat cells through your digestive tract. Exactly. Thank you. Are there, are there fun stories with that? Absolutely. And we have a ton of patients come in either thinking that that's what it is or thinking that that's what they're going to get. We have a lot of patients who have done cool sculpting and very unhappy and then come to us to right those wrongs thousands and thousands of dollars later, which had they come to us first, we would have told them that. Fun stories, I guess. More more yeah. fun when we save them from the uh, 
should have paid more money up front than rather than go to a... Yeah, uh, sometimes it's not even more money. Sometimes a lot of people like the appeal of non-invasive, but in this line of work, unfortunately, not all of those things are as effective. And in this line of work, you mentioned women and then you said men. What's kind of like the percentage between men and women? Yeah, I would say it is 70-30 women to men. We only offer what's called gynecomastia, which is the male chest, Mm -hmm. and then obviously liposuction, but definitely more female heavy. Okay. And like, is there like repeat, not, I shouldn't say repeat (laughs) offenders, repeat customers. Do you see like a, and when I say repeat customers, I I don't just mean like they get other stuff done. I mean, like, for example, they do lipo maybe every year or two years or something. So what's crazy is we actually don't offer many other services. We will, that is the plan one day, but that is, that is what we do. We do liposuction, we do skin removal and that's it. So really the only type of repeat business would be that for the most part. And yes, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. I think I always, I only think of that as like a one-time thing just happen again in the next three years if they put on 60 pounds or something like that. Yeah. There's so many different reasons someone could do it again. They could do it again because they were so happy with their results, could do it again because they had three more kids and that fat has turned into skin and you can't lose skin on your own. Skin is not fat that can be burned. I have a question that a that a normal I'm I'm just going to ask all the interesting questions. Usually I don't have this much of an interesting topic I know nothing about. Oh, but wow. the excess skin. Do you Yes. What happens with the excess skin? So we remove the fat that's in it first, right? Or a lot of people that have loose skin, you can't just cut off the skin, right? So you, there is still fat within that body part for us. We specialize in the stomach for the skin removal. Quick question. Um, do people mention Hannibal, you know, the whole lotion in no. the bottle thing? Okay. What is, the, what is that? Uh, you should watch the movie, but basically a serial killer is trying to wear somebody's, you know, the, the whole office scene where he goes, never mind. Just, just, just watch You have it. to put that in this, uh, in this part. What the, yeah, yeah I'll put that whole, in. The, that whole Hannibal. You thing. just, uh, I'll put, I'll send you the link. Sorry, keep going though about the skin. So you remove the fat with a cannula it's a tool and then the surgeon excisions off the skin and then we crunch it apparently because that's what that's that's what happens crunch it well i swear it's all that so wait i I guess i missed the part so the skin doesn't get cut off it gets no it gets excisioned off it is it is it is cut off that's Scars. just medical medical waste, right? We don't wow. we, we don't use it for, for anything. It's not like fried chicken and like you you just get rid of the we make we make handbags out of it. Oh, see you now you gotta watch the Hannibal thing and then you totally get it. <laughs> Ew, I'm never gonna get so, that out of my head now. So what I imagine is like when where they cut it, they put it in like I guess non like where the scar is supposed to be. Like yes, they put it exactly. in like non-disclosed locations. Yeah, they'll they'll put it in a location as little visibility as possible okay so obviously moving up and you're taking a more managerial role what's your favorite part then yeah so my job has changed drastically i am no longer a consultant i oversee the consultants as well as the operations so the surgeons the nurses the front the administration 
So it's it's really a general management model to not just understand the sales side of the business, but the operation side as well. So that has been extremely rewarding, very frustrating. That is not where my skill set lies. But at the end of the day, why I was successful in the seat was relationship building. And in any role, whether that's selling a patient or selling my surgeons or selling my team to get them to understand what to do to to drive the maximum results, that's what's made me so successful is if you have those interpersonal skills, uh, I think that 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 has been the most rewarding to be able to recognize, but also develop those skills. Yeah. Isn't it funny when you take on managerial roles, how the minute details just add up to knock out everything, like dealing with HR, dealing with like all those interconnections? 100%. And I don't think that managers' responsibilities are accurately portrayed when the hiring manager is trying to hire you as a manager, because really all they need to say is you are the fireman, you are putting out fires left and right. That has is what my role has become. Yeah, that's that's what happened to me. And basically, you're basically a renaissance person because A, you're thinking, okay, I can just cast everything out. But sometimes it's like, I can't give it to that person. They'll just screw it up. And then I have to do it. So you just end up doing it in the end. But then you're enabling, right? Because then you're not teaching, you're not coaching. So now you're an enabler by doing the work for them, which is then creating a not sustainable business because without you, it falls apart, which is not sustainable. So yes, I hear you 100%. Management. Management. How many people do you have under you? 54. However, I have people under me that some of them report to as a buffer. So at the end of the day, 54, I have my closer knit team of probably 20. Okay. What are, what are some of the biggest hurdles that you've kind of, when did you take this role? Like, I think it was like six, six months ago or something like that. So I became the uh, director of sales last June. So almost two years ago, 2021 June. And then we merged with a sister company and I have been in charge of sales and operations since October. Oh, okay. But is there any like big issues that you've had since then? Of course, every day. We're a very, um, we only can work with a special, specific type of body. Um, Mm -hmm. This is not- Is there an age restriction? There's not an age restriction because that is discrimination. Yikes. Yes. Sorry. When I say when I say yikes, I just mean like no, no. It's it surprised me too. And again, this is these are things that I have learned over the years. I would have never never thought that. But you you brought up HR, and here's a (laughs) yes, sir. So, um, the other thing is, I mean, I guess the parents can make them get. Is that ever a case? Like, I mean, under eighteen, under eighteen needs parent signature and permission. Yes, but there's no maximum age. No, sorry. I, I It's a stupid question, but where a parent would tell the child to get lipo. I have uh, personally never had to deal with that. I don't know what goes on at home, but whenever any parent has brought their child in, the child has been the one that's been very adamant about it. Okay. Wow. I didn't even think about like a, a kid in high school having lipo. That's crazy. Yeah. I think the youngest patient I ever worked with was 15. Okay. 
Well, pretty damn young. Pretty damn young. Your, your body young. hasn't even finished forming. What is that like sophomore year? Yeah. yeah. That's not that's pretty crazy. And you and you said ladies. Is there is there any men? For the liposuction part? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. There no, are. no, no. I sorry, I meant you said ladies, like your your oh your, your staff. Yes. No, uh no. There we are not allowed to have any consultants that are men. Uh I I'm going to loop this around to what you said, age discrimination. This is gender discrimination. You would think that, and that is a very good uh, point. However, during these consultations, what the consultants are doing is touching bodies. We are literally, I mean, women or men, whoever the patients are, are legitimately in bras and underwear, sometimes braless, and we are qualifying them, which means we have to be able to understand what type of fat they have. What time of what type of skin elasticity they have, and so that is how we've been able to get around the discrimination. That is such a good point. I didn't even think about that. Like you've got to, you got to feel the nooks and crannies. You got to get into the the yeah. uh, English muffin. I get it. Yeah, and and again, I, you would think that if twenty people are walking in the door one day, you would think fifteen are probably candidates, right? It's just not the case. Yeah. What's what's the turnaround like that? Like. You get 20 candidates. What's usually like it ends up where they're actually going through the, with the procedure. So we have a screening process before they actually get to the consultants to make sure that we're not wasting both parties times. If they're just like horribly medical candidates, that's all you can do over the phone. You can't see someone's body, but you can disqualify them from a medical perspective. For example, if you're pre- breastfeeding, if you're pregnant, if you have a certain sugar level or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, all so many different things will disqualify you for this procedure. But what the standard that we hold that I hold my team to is a 50% close rate. Okay. Yeah, 50 acceptance rate. Thank you. There you go. There's a there's a good way to f- phrase it. Like what stuff that surprised you coming in? Insurance. Insurance. Ins- insurance yeah. does not pay for this. No, no matter what, it doesn't no matter it. what. Now, there are places that do private practices do. And there's a, a lot of reasons that this could be considered a medical benefit. Absolutely. Okay. I, I just want to, because I, I know some cases, like a huge level of obesity, I would imagine like, oh, it's affecting their heart, blah, blah, blah. They need it immediately gone. Absolutely. However, this is not a weight loss procedure. And so someone that is that heavy we would not work on. So we we cap out at a certain BMI. So um, that's interesting. Yeah, we we do not again, you would think that there's a, there's a lot of things that people would think that are just not the this is not a weight loss procedure. When people when patients prospective patients come in and they say how many how many pounds am I going to lose? There is a right answer and there is a wrong answer. The right answer or the the wrong answer is oh you could lose anywhere from 5 to 50 pounds, right? The right answer is this is not a weight loss procedure. This is inches and sizes. We are targeting specific fat cells from specific areas of your body. This is not an overall weight loss procedure. Yes, you will lose inches. You will lose sizes. If you pair this with a healthy lifestyle, of course, you're going to lose weight. Um, the same way, if you pair this with an un- unhealthy lifestyle, those fat cells are just going to grow right again. But I mean, that's not good for business to... To promote that after, don't you want repeat customers? 
Of course. But those patients that are coming in with their McDonald's bag and their 7-Eleven slurpee. Please, please tell me that. Do they actually come in with that? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's and so and it's those people that came in looking for a quick fix. And it is quickly fixed. It's just a very temperate. You have, you have to pair this with not a, it doesn't have to be a healthier lifestyle. You cannot do this saying, I'm going to do this and then eat everything in sight because I look so good and expect the results to stay. So a couple of questions. Number one, have you ever accepted someone who was eating fast food during their intake evaluation? Yes. Oh, that's such a good, uh, it's, it's like real life irony. Oh, uh, and it's, it's so like, annoying. Do they point to the fast food and say, you can get this out, right? What I'm no, eating right they, now. No, they have no, they have no shame. Interesting. Second, what is, what's done with the fat? Anything interesting after it's sucked out? Uh, we put it in the purse that we made out of skin. Mm, okay. I, I was just thinking like, yeah, I'm going to reference another movie you might not have seen, Fight Club. Uh, with the soap? Yeah, exactly. How they take the the fat from like our Yeah, what do they do with something. it? Make soap out of it. I no, don't remember. That's what they make with the soap. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. No, so I, I guess. Didn't know that. And then it's like, how does how does the actual like fat sucking? I do know sucking... that the only rule about Fight Club is that you don't talk about it. Oh, same thing with uh, with uh, the fat sucking. Uh, so how does that actually work? Because I, I just imagine like. I'm I'm trying to picture like you go to different areas of the body. So is it kind of like can you tell me the logistics? Because my my head just goes knife, suck, knife, suck, knife, suck. Is that yes, kind but, of yes, but a lot of what we do does not involve any knife or cutting. Okay. So you meet your surgeon for a pre-op appointment. He follow he makes sure that everything is is what the consultant said he goes over your health history in more detail yada yada he tells you you're a great candidate he marks you come back on your day of procedure you've prepped your body by taking uh medication eating drinking that morning because again we're not putting you under so we want you to be uh hydrated and not have an empty stomach and then you have a little cute bra and panty set on the surgeon will give you medication to get you feeling fantastic. I uh, like to call it a little cocktail of medications. And then the surgeon will numb you with what's called lidocaine. They use lidocaine at the dentist. You could get lidocaine at CVS. You are numbed with that lidocaine. And then the surgeon goes in with a what's called a micro cannula, which is a very, very skinny, long instrument. And it is power assisted which means it's not that old traditional liposuction that's manual labor. Of course, there is labor from the surgeon, but it is it is power assisted. So it's supposed to yield better results and less trauma to the body. Okay. Huh. But do you go through multiple locations? I know you were saying like different areas. Yep. So you can, you max out at a certain lidocaine level. You can only remove so much fat at one time in a, in a healthy way. Otherwise you get what's called lidocaine toxicity, which will kill you. So super careful when it comes to not coming close to that max number. So we can do up to however many areas in one sitting that that lidocaine will allow for a bigger person for a BMI of 40 plus you're not going to be able to do many areas, right? It, mm -hmm. it's a lot of lidocaine for, for versus a 23 BMI 
who you can cover many more areas. You're, you're, you have a lot less fat to remove. You have a lot less surface to have to numb. Mm -hmm. So um, sorry, keep going. I forgot what the question was. Oh, I, I don't remember either, but my next question, so I don't forget is, uh, what do people do? Let's say they have, just like you said, they can't get in one visit. If they go for multiple visits, their their body would look improportional, right? Before the next visit, if that and makes that's, sense. And that's a concern, right? If you were, you, that you are asking a question that all the patients ask when they come in. Well, I want to do my whole body. Well, we need to keep your budget in mind, <laughs> keep your priority areas in mind. What is What bothers you the most? My stomach. All right, let's talk about your stomach. But won't that make me look disproportionate with my, sec with my bottom half? Again, keep in mind the type of person that we can and cannot work with. And also keep in mind that this is liposuction. We are not removing 100% of your fat cells from one designated area. We remove anywhere from 50 to 70% from any given area. No, um, we don't create more proportion. The, the point of this is not to create more disproportion. The point is to make you more proportionate. Yes, you could drop inches and sizes up here and not yet on your legs. But one, that should then motivate you to keep going and you can do the rest on your own. Some areas are much harder technically for, or typically for females. The abdomen is the hardest to lose and the quickest to gain. So when you have that motivation, we wanted to kickstart a healthier lifestyle, or you can absolutely come back. Or in most cases, in the most cases, we are targeting in the first place, specific areas that are too stubborn to be lost on their own, which means they are not massively overweight patients. We don't work with those type of patients. So we are taking away the part that is disproportionate to make it more proportionate with the rest of your body. The majority the majority of the patients are doing this once and they're done. And how often do they ask you if they can put the fat in other places? All the time. <laughs> oh, All the time. All the time. Um, and that is a very, very, it is the number one most dangerous or deadly procedure in elective surgery. You have to be put under. Downtime is, could be two months. Um, super, super invasive procedure. So no, but you guys don't do that, right? We do not. You just suck the fat. You don't push the fat exactly and we lose a lot of clients because we cannot put it somewhere else that's funny yeah man i'm learning so much oh my gosh but it's crazy because this isn't really even what i do anymore like at I all know. you're out of the biz i really am i mean that you're... was the chunk but over the last two years yeah i you're just working people and numbers right yep exactly does make you sad it does in the sense that I thrive off of running my own business the way that I want to. And I could do that when I had my patients. If, if they fell off the books, then I wasn't successful in my role. So I had to be very care, like careful and strategic with every move I made because really the only person that it affected was me. Now I am very much so reliant on other people for me to be successful. And so it's it's stressful. Yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't work. You don't, you don't mesh with everyone. You can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. You can do everything the way that you think it should be done. That doesn't mean that they're interpreting it and receiving it that same way with, with the intention that I meant. I feel like you can never really please anyone in. I know you worked at living social for a while. <laughs> I, it every that, day. I know. Did 
do you, what did you pull from there that kind of uh, helped you with this? That is where I learned everything to learn about relationship building and how far connections and genuine care for people will get you. I've never ha- I've never been in a position that I loved the people that I worked with more. It makes me grateful for those times. It makes me miss those times. And it also helps me try to create that in the role that I'm in. I, I fail some days, I succeed other days, but I, I try to, I try to bring that with me. And they, they're no longer around, right? They were bought by Groupon. Okay. And you were there till like close to the end. What was that like? So I was traveling for them too. So I was working every week. I was on a plane to San Francisco for a six month stint, coming back on Fridays, leaving on Mondays. I did it for Atlanta. So, but that was, that was very much so outside sales. I was going to the restaurant business owners. I was going to the nail salon owners and requesting meetings outside sales to sell our product. So very different with my product. now I can, I have something tangible to be able to yield and show them where you actually believe in yeah yeah the other thing living social it it worked for some businesses and it did not work for others there was no type of this will absolutely work for you whereas it it will work for you if if you've gotten to that point you've qualified we know the right patients we know the wrong patients so two things one did you guys just hate groupon because i imagine groupon and living social's relationship is similar to uber and lyft the only time I went er group on was if I would meet with an, a business owner and it was, I can't, I'm on group on. You can't really overcome that objection unless you are beating their price, but they were already so damn cheap anyway. And Groupon had a had a much bigger name. So that was the only time. Otherwise, I used them all the time and they were fantastic. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I think I I think I got the worst thing you can get for Groupon. What did you like- get? It's uh sky. Well, it was a great. Do not say skydiving. It was skydiving. So that is hilarious because whenever I talk about living social, I make a joke somehow about Groupon and living social is the best thing ever. When you're trying new restaurants, when you're going to a new salon, nobody is stupid enough to trust their life with a coupon with a discounted service. That is not where you look for a discounted service. You go and get a meal and you sit down, get your nails done, get your hair done. You do not get a discount. You're you're, you're completely right because I actually, you know what the funny thing is? You know how with Groupon, you get, you buy three, you get the fourth one free. I sure do. I did that with John Mark, me, Kara, and Tom, my old roommate. So we even got it cheaper. John Mark was a freebie. You didn't even pay for his life. He could have died at zero cost. I know. (laughs) That's the best way, right? Uh, They gave us like a two minute intro because we were obviously tethered it was amazing i'll send the video to you My that's God. where they that's where they get you the 70 dollars for the video uh, yeah. no uh, but that was a sales tactic right our our point is we're going to get the customer to you and then as soon as we get them to you you now have the opportunity to upsell like crazy do you know i obviously you can't say but have you have you ever had a famous famous person come in yes oh a lot of famous people no. A lot a lot is like five. Yes. Are we talking locally famous or like no. Oh. Like like New York and California, those locations. Give me give me a a celebrity of equal caliber. Like for example, if I were to say Lance Bass, 
I would also say uh, vanilla ice. I don't know, something like that. I cannot even believe that you are compar comparing Lance Bass to vanilla ice. Okay, sorry. Oh, I've got it. Lance Bass and there. Carter, Nick Carter. Okay, now we're talking. Although that's a little insulting to Lance, but we'll take it. Okay, you're you're obviously in sync, but keep going. <laughs> um, uh, and if, if you don't want to, if you don't want to, like say, like funny. a like a a C a C list celebrity, right? Every okay. every everyone else above that would would go to their, like a a private okay. practice. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. We we appeal uh, to the average folk. Okay, the average folk. Yes. No, if you are looking for a discount. Use promo code Strumsky. People more interesting than me. Yeah, right. This isn't living social. What is something that your parents did that you'd like to pass on to your children or next generation? And what's something that you do a little bit differently? I am very blessed that my parents loved me so and my siblings so hard that they understood that they were not my friend. They were my parent. And that meant really tough love. And I think that people are getting very soft and sensitive and the need to be protected so much these days. And I, I am lucky enough that I feel like I can stand on my own two feet for the most part because of the strictness that my parents had. And it, it did not take away from any amount of love that they had for me. If anything, I see it as... It was so hard for them to tell me no. Everyone wants to say yes to your 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 blood, the cutest little face. I think it's harder to say no and to be tough. And so that's what I want to take with me with my kids is I am their parent, not their friend. And there's a big difference. And one thing I would do differently, nothing. I think my parents are the greatest. There you go. No problem. No, baby. That. More ice cream, maybe. I had plenty of ice cream. I had plenty of ice cream. Is there anything you want to promote while you're here? People, People more like... interesting than me. The... Yeah, or best anything podcast else. ever. Or or your uh... my phone number. Yeah, for all the single fellas out there. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say your your business phone number, but no, 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 no. Well, thank you, madam, for for doing this. This was so fun. fun. I had so much fun. It's always good understanding what my friends actually do. If you like this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.